This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. So, we are back with another show, and this is one of those crazy, crazy uh, doing it by Skype shows that we do every once in a while because Christina and I are in different cities right now. Well, towns. We're separated by a huge chasm of miles that is uh, double digits, depending on how you measure them. Uh, so anyhow, uh, we weren't able to get together in the same place. So we decided to go by Skype this week, and it's a little bit different, but um, we love to be different. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. So uh, sound for me is really uh, peculiar because I've got me in one ear and Christina in the other ear. And it's just a slight bit of delay going on here in my uh, my broadcast ear. So I've just got to get ready to um, to face the world as it is, not as I would have it, I guess. That's right. Yeah. So um, getting a couple things out of the way. I am the bow tie guy. I am the biker chick. Yeah, and we're here to to try to take this mess of life and make it into a message. And uh, the biggest mess we have this week, I guess, is technology. Um, We have some email addresses. Uh, We got some email. It was So here's something we don't normally get to do. We don't normally get to have cameras on ourselves and see. So right now, Christina is playing with a little piece of her hair that came up out of her uh, her very tightly coiffed bun or ponytail or whatever it is there. Um, so she's got this little, um, I don't know what you call that. My daughters used to call that a Martian. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So she's got a little Martian coming up on for anybody who knows what that is. Uh, send us your picture of you with a Martian at, uh, you can send an email to me. <laughs> at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can send it to intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com or if you want to send a Martian to Christina it would be bikerchick at messituppodcast.com that is so correct so anyhow um, those are our email addresses we've also got some uh, what do you call that social media we've got a Facebook page that uh, someone uh, responded to got $7 Starbucks card and got that out in the in the mail this week. Um, oh, nice! So you did connect with them. I, yes, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, nice. So uh, that's Facebook uh, is uh, Mess It Up Podcast. You can look for us on Instagram and on Twitter as well. We also have a subreddit on uh, the Reddit uh, site if you want to keep track of some uh, recovery related issues. We can do that as well. So check us out on all of our social medias, and of course. Listen to the podcast, share the podcast. Uh, if you could rate us on, uh, it used to be iTunes, now it's Apple Podcasts if you've updated your, your Mac. And I'm going to cough for just a second. Cough button. Yeah, I hit the cough button. Did it work? Yeah. Or did you hear it? Didn't hear a thing. Oh, nice. Nope. Uh, so, uh, anyhow, on Apple, uh, iTunes, or podcasts or whatever, you can rate us, uh, give us a review. That really helps people to find us. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn app. Uh, so just anywhere where you're listening to this, if you could give us a rating and a review, that really helps more new people to find the show. And the more listeners we have, the better it is, the more fun it is. So we really appreciate that. Uh, final little plug here is for our Patreon account. If uh, you want to become a patron and support the ministry, 
uh, financially, you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. And uh, we really appreciate your financial support as well. It helps to pay the bills. Uh, none of this is free uh, except for to you. Uh, so uh, we love to uh, to keep doing this for you, but it does uh, cost money, and um, we love to have uh, you guys help us out uh, with that as well. Make the ministry as strong as it can be. So check out Patreon. Uh, you can do that on our website, messituppodcast.com, or you can go to Patreon.com/slash/messituppodcast. And I think that covers most of the bases. Nice. All right. Oh, I did forget. Well done, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-oh. I I forgot to do the word of the week. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh, indeed. So the word of the week this week is a fun one. This is one, uh, again, I was listening to my British uh, English, uh, uh, soccer podcast, and the guy used the word sanguine. And I was like, oh, I like sanguine. He said, you know, I don't want to be very sanguine about this, but... So uh, to be sanguine is to be optimistic or positive, um, especially if you're in some sort of a difficult situation uh, to just sort of have a positive outlook. And I thought, wow, that's a great thing to have when you're trying to take a mess and turn it into a message. So I think it's something we should all strive to have a little bit more sanguineness, sanguinity, uh, to be more sanguine, sanguiny, sanguish. I don't know. <laughs> It's lunchtime, so I need to have a sanguish. Uh, That's what I, it sounded like to me. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, sanguine's our word of the week. Uh, this week, I want to challenge you not only to use it in a sentence, but to use it in life. Try to find a place where you're being sanguine. Maybe post a picture of it on our, our Twitter or our Instagram uh, Facebook account. Just uh, send your picture of you being sanguine. That would be an awesome reminder for us. We got... A really cool, well, I got a really cool email this last week. We'd asked people to send emails, and I got a really good, encouraging email uh, from a listener. So uh, please do that as well. It's, it's really nice. Did you get any emails after your uh, your plea for email? I, I got like 10. Wow. They just weren't routed to my inbox. I don't know what happened. Oh, well, that's yeah, cool. I got none. I got none. <laughs> no, no. You got one because I know you were, you were CC'd on one of mine. I can't get out of here to look. Oh, well. I didn't see it. We'll talk about it later. I, I, I could read it to you, but I don't want to embarrass the listener. It was really, really nice. They had some very nice things to say about you uh, and I a couple of look. nice things to say about me. It was it was Christina yeah. Heavy, though. Uh, so <gasps> I have to go read it then. How did yeah, you it? do. I'm uh, excited. Yeah, I'll make sure you get that there, and we'll make sure uh, that those are coming to your inbox. But please keep sending those in so that way we can uh, feel good about what we're doing. We uh, We like that kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, we had talked about the fact that you were uh, going through this uh, sort of a, I don't want to call it different, but it it was a new concept to me in terms of uh, counseling and this approach that they were doing, looking at the um, uh, traumatic incidents uh, in the past. Uh, so could you just kind of refresh my memory on that and the listener's memory? And then I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how that's going and, and differences because you are a person who has, um, decided to go into counseling, uh, schooling, doing your, your master's work and whatnot. She's making these faces. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, and, and I just wanted you to kind of compare it to maybe your experience that you've had, because I haven't experienced that particular kind of counseling. I've had a little bit more of a traditional uh, approach on counseling uh, in the past. But uh, could you just refresh us again what the the difference is with this lady that you're working with? 
Sure, absolutely. So I am in therapy, a particular therapy called EMDR. Uh, I know it's eye movement desensitization, something, I don't know. It's EMDR. And um, they used to do it by eye, eye movement. You would have your eyes move back and forth. Um, but I know there's a couple different ways to do it. We do it with little buzzers in my hand that vibrate back and forth. They go from one side to the other. Um, this is a way to process out trauma that you have experienced in your life. And so I have what would be considered uh, CPTSD, and that is um, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. It is um, where you sustain traumatic incidences like for over a long period of time. So a lot of people who have childhood trauma uh, childhood sexual trauma, um, all of those things tend to lead to a more complex um, trauma. Kind is of, it safe to assume then or presume uh, that a non-complex would be something that was more of a, not a sustained traumatic event, yes. but just like a traumatic event, or maybe it was a shorter period of time? Yeah. And exactly. Would uh, is it the time that the trauma occurs, or is it the time between when the trauma occurred and when you deal with it? Is that wh which one is more in terms of defining it as complex versus non-complex? Do you know? Um, I don't know specifically. I know that um, diagnostically there are different criteria for complex versus um, regular PTSD. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I know that you can look into that and figure out what it is. Okay. Uh, my understanding is is it's the time frame that you um, endured the trauma okay. over. Um, most of the complex um, PTSD that I see is throughout your childhood. There's a lot of um, just sustained trauma over time that leads to it being a more complex type of traumatic incident. And so I'm going through that with the lady. Uh, I do drive two hours, one time a week, one way. So four hours total on the road to see my therapist, but it has been absolutely worth it. It's been pretty amazing. The incident that I was talking about, I think when I said that I wanted to share with the listeners kind of what happened so i'll give you a brief overview when we started um they go through and she gathers a timeline of traumatic things that happened in my life or certain kind of points in time that have impacted my life negatively and so we go through and we do this timeline and you write out all of your negative memories you write out all of your positive memories and you kind of go through that moving forward and so the first couple times that we did EMDR, we discussed my father. My father, um, bless his heart, was raised in a very traumatic home himself. And so some of those traumas that he endured, he did pass down to his children. And so when we were going through, we would process out um, the memories. We go through and we take a memory and say, what is the negative belief that you have about yourself because of this memory? So this memory made me feel worthless. This memory made me feel like I was bad. Um, so you take whatever it speaks to you in a negative term and you want to flip that. You want to say, okay, well, what do I want to say about myself? So if it says I am worthless, 
the opposite of that would be, I want to believe that I'm valuable. And so as you go through and you process out this memory, you've got the little buzzers in your hand and um, you take it from what you kind of, if there's a scoring thing, zero to seven or one to seven and one to 10. And I can't remember all the details and the procedure of it, but basically you take yourself from a negative belief to a positive belief. So once it's processed out, then you no longer have that negative viewpoint attached to this particular memory. And so it's been pretty cool. We processed out some stuff for my dad. And, um, and I was I'm guessing that you're not able to just like, it's not an immediate thing when you say you process this out and you take it from a negative to a positive and then you're, is like, oh, I thought it was bad. Hey, I'm good. And then you just move on. It's not that simple, I'm guessing. Surprisingly for me and everybody is different. I can only speak from my experience is it takes about two weeks to process out one memory. Okay. Okay. Uh, which to me seems very fast because the memory I'm on now, I know that it's going to take longer than two weeks. Um, but we processed out the ones from my dad. I was molested by a friend's stepdad. It was a one-time incident. We processed that out. Um, and then the one that was super cool was um, my mom died in a car accident when I was 10 years old. We were together. I was in the vehicle with her along with my grandmother, aunt, and my brother. Um, I woke up on the street. I was ejected from the vehicle. My mother was also ejected. She had lots of physical trauma to her head and body. And I woke up and was able to see my mom. I could also hear her. She was in a lot of pain. And um, I also rode in the ambulance with my mom. So I was able to hear her throughout that ride. I was also uh, rolled into the emergency room about the same time my mom was. And during that, I was also able to hear her. So that was an incident, obviously, that impacted my life. She died shortly after that um, due to her injuries. So we went through and... My therapist, the first thing you do when you're processing out a memory is they ask for the negative belief about yourself. Well, there's nothing negative that I believe about myself because of this accident. I couldn't tie a negative thing to it. Mm -hmm. So she's like, we can't do EMDR on this particular memory. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> she's like, let's try something called, right. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do then? She's like, let's try something called flashing therapy. I was like, okay. Say that again. The She's like, what, what flash, kind of ther flash therapy? Flash, flash therapy. Okay. And so she's like, think of the most joyous time in your life where you were absolutely elated. You couldn't feel any better than at this moment. I laughed. I was like, I don't have one of those. Oh, I thought you were going to be thinking about recording the last show that we did right before you went to that session. <laughs> yeah, negative. Uh. I could not think of one. So she's like, okay, we can do this another way. Do you like music? I was like, yeah, I love music. She's like, who is your favorite artist? So I went with Lauren Daigle. She pulled up Lauren Daigle, the song You Say. Mm -hmm. And she's like, every time... I tell you to blink, blink three times fast. Well, I couldn't get the whole three times fast, so we had to adjust it a little bit. I apparently can only blink two times in a row. 
I'm watching it. Let's. I want to see it right now. Because <laughs> I did it right when you said that. I was like, oh, I want to try this. I know. There you went. See, I just did it four times. Oh, was it? Four. Oh. Yeah. Um, so what happens is we bring up the original memory. So the, the hardest memory for me was when I was laying on the road and I could see my mom. And so we bring up the original memory and then um, she starts the music and she starts the little buzzers in my hands. And so during the music, we just sing, we dance. And then anytime she says blink, I blink. So we're going through and you can tell she's telling me to blink at certain intervals. I have no idea what that is, but so we get to a first like stopping place. And I looked at her, I was like, what am I supposed to be thinking during this? And she's like, just nothing. Think about the music, enjoy the music, like put yourself in a happy spot. I kind of chuckled <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll try it. Next time we were going through it and, my mind just wanders. My mind kind of does whatever ever it's going to do. And so I think this is where God really jumped into the picture. I was in my mind's eye. I was envisioning me laying on the, on the asphalt with my mom. And um, the original memory starts off with me. I can hear her in a lot of pain. And you got to think I was 10 years old at this time. And so as the, the song continues to play and the vision in my mind continues, I imagine myself as a little girl and I go and I crawl up next to my mom and I cuddle into her and I just kind of feel mom's presence next to me. And then I kind of grow up a little bit and I get a little bit bigger and I'm now kneeling over my mom, reassuring her and loving on her. And then I grow into the adult human that I am today. And I scoop my mom up off the asphalt and I tear and I lay her at Jesus's feet. Mm. And I just start to bawl. Yeah. And so I could feel the presence of the Lord there. You know, I had goosebumps. I was just sobbing. Um, I really felt it was a moment that God allowed me to surrender that trauma to him. And to just give my mom's pain over to Jesus and surrender it at the cross. Right. And so it was just this hugely powerful moment of um, life-changing peace, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll always be sad that I lost my mom. Obviously, it's not a pleasant experience when somebody encounters the death of a loved one. But... To be able to have God show up so tangibly and um, speak to me so clearly through a beautiful vision um, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And so now when I go go back to remember that particular thing, I see that whole progression in my mind. I no longer attach the pain and the, the horrible sounds of my mom. I now see the vision of me surrendering her. Yeah. So 
it's pretty it was pretty powerful i it was, can it was, imagine it was that. life altering because you know when i said goodbye to my dad it was not uh you know, he was sick and he had cancer and so we knew it was coming and i did a similar thing but i actually got to do that i actually got to walk him through and just say go to jesus dad and he just did and went away and so i had that piece so i know that piece that comes with that and that's that's really 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 awesome um that's that's powerful and and I, you know you were saying that you were sobbing there in the office and i'm sure that there's people right now that are uh you know wiping tears away and 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 rubbing down the equipment at the gym when they're listening to this because they've been uh been crying on it because that that was that's beautiful that's really that's a powerful thing and and not easy um i would imagine a very very difficult thing to have to process and go through and all that yeah so yes but it it has been the best part of therapy so far the growth yeah that comes and the the, the peace and the healing yeah uh that is that's yeah. <laughs> and and now here's the hardest part of the show is me trying to find a segue from this into something else because we're like you know 20 minutes in 21 minutes in uh so i'm just going to be abrupt on it i mean it was and thank you it, by Paul. the way for for sharing that for for being um vulnerable enough to uh, to share that that was uh that's a beautiful thing um i'm going to move us to our song of the week and and i had just done a couple weeks ago a uh, a hope event with prison fellowship and we had a musician there named richard andrew who has said he wants to be on the show so we're going to get him on the show but i'm not going to wait for his music uh until then i'm going to throw a song in right now just so you guys can kind of start to uh, understand who he is and what he's about. And I won't tell his story, but uh, this is a story called You Found Me off his most recent album. And uh, I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, it's at richardandrewmusic.com or it's also on, on iTunes. You can find this, but uh, it's Richard Andrew, not uh, no S, just Richard Andrew. And this song is called You Found Me. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. But you were right there As close as my breath Only a whisper away As I lay falling And then you found me On the bottom The forgotten And then the angels came and surrounded
so uh, the guys at the prison just love the music of Richard Andrew. They love his singing. And one of the things that I really like about him, he's just got this, this kind of growly kind of voice uh, in a lot of it. But he plays things slower like if he does a a song he 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 does um the uh Corey Asbury song reckless love and he does it not half speed but but he he just lets things kind of simmer and slow cook and uh i love the reflectiveness that it it causes in me but this song in particular talk about being found is you know, he's a former inmate as well. And so he's got that in his music, that idea of of the lost nature of where he was when he got incarcerated and then finding Jesus and falling in love with Jesus. It just really affects his music. And, and this song, the line in it that, that just gets me is that title of You Found Me and talking about the angels coming and surrounding me and just needing that protection and having that protection that Christ provides. Because I think at some point, everybody has felt alone. Everybody has felt um, maybe a little hopeless and just, you know, crying out for someone to be there. And I know that when I'm feeling down and depressed and, and um, it's really in the depths of it, that's what I want is I want someone to find me. I want someone to notice me. I want someone to see that I'm hurting and just put their arm around me. And and like, like your memory with, with your mom, that you went over to her and you were with her and you presented her to Jesus and, and Jesus found her and gave her that comfort. Uh, that's, I just, I love that, that he puts this into that song, that, that whole idea of, of being found. It's, um, it's comforting to me. It adds a lot of peace. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, uh, normally when we look at songs, we always grab the lyrics and stuff like that. There's, we couldn't find lyrics online and I didn't uh, take the time to transpose them or anything like that. So it's a fun day on the mess it up podcast to be sure. Um, well, when we were talking about your uh, counseling before, you were, you were talking about the little things in your hands or, or looking at the eyes. And I, I, I know that there's probably some physiological response that's being measured uh, based on the traumas and stuff like that. Uh, and I don't know how much technically you know about this, but you, you said how effective it was in... Uh, processing some of these traumas and, and, and negative memories. Mm-hmm. And you've done other more, uh, I hate to say traditional counseling or therapy, but you've, you've done some, some different talk. types of say again, talk therapy. talk therapy, talk therapy. Yeah. So how, how does it compare? Um, are there similarities and differences that you've noticed just as a, a receiver of, uh, the different therapies, um, benefits that you see from either or both? Yeah, I think they're very different. Um, what they focus on and how they process and like the whole, everything is so very different. 
um, the focus of it is different. Like EMDR is a very trauma-focused therapy. It's specifically for um, those distressing times. And um, so what EMDR is based off of is when you go into REM sleep, and you have that rapid eye movement, mm -hmm. that's when you're processing out your day. That's okay. when your brain is sorting and throwing things into the right bucket kind of thing um, so that it, it can all process out and it's stored, right? And what they believe is when you have a traumatic thing happen, that that memory actually gets stuck. It doesn't finish processing out completely. And so in order to process out that memory, you bring it up and then you have that bilateral stimulation. So you have the vibrations in each hand or some people do the eye movement back and forth, which is, um, you know, that is supposed to resemble uh, that rapid eye movement. And when you're when I have the buzzers in my hand. I can actually feel my eyes twitching. So it's are you really kind of a cool thing? Are you clicking a buzzer that makes it buzz at your response? Is it just a random response no, from a she, machine? It's or a machine. She, she does a vibration for a certain amount of time. And so it, um, it alternates between the right hand and the left hand and it vibrates. And at, is that uh, based on her response to what you're saying? Or just... I believe it's based on the protocol of the therapy. Okay. I believe that there's there's an entire protocol that you have to follow for uh, to do EMDR. It's a very okay. specific type of therapy. Um, and so we go through that, and it actually stimulates your brain to process, finish processing out that memory. Okay. Whereas like regular talk therapy, talk therapy fo focuses on, they say if you uh, sort of relive the incident over and over, it becomes uh, less less impactful on you. You, you kind of wear off the sharp edges. Kind of just, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, which changes your focus on the changes in your behavior. Um, so this is the only one that is a type of kind of physiological change that they use that type of stimulation to actually stimulate your brain to do something in particular. And then correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm, would it be safe, a safe interpretation of what you're saying that, um, could we say everybody therapy is for everybody, but this EMDR is not necessarily for everybody and everything. It's a lot more of a specific Absolutely. need. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I would say that every every type of therapy works different for different people. Uh, it just depends on their history and their background and what they're struggling with. So EMDR, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for different types of, of therapy, different types of mental illness, that sort of thing. And so EMDR has been found to be successful with trauma specifically. Um, they they found that talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't work well with trauma because trauma is a a physiological response. Your your body stores that memory and it stores that traumatic thing. It's like it's like a a gut punch to your nervous system when you go through a trauma. And so it actually programs into your brain. And so what they're trying to do is actually change the 
the way that you're that's stored in your memory. Okay. Cool. Whereas other other things in life, like uh, with my alcoholism, there was a lot of behaviors and thought processes that had to change in my sobriety. Um, you know, first thing was to get sober. Second thing was to figure out why I was drinking and what my tendencies to drink are and address those. So there was a lot of, you know, behavioral therapy, a lot of talk therapy that really worked into digging into what my my issues were. And then through talk therapy, we figured out there's been a lot of trauma that's happened. And so it didn't matter how much I talked about it or how much um, therapy I had, my brain was still stuck in the certain way of processing out things. It was it was looking through things through a trauma lens. And so I was seeing my traumas unconsciously, but I was still seeing my traumas in, in so many things that it was impairing me from being the healthiest I possibly could be. Right, and I was just looking online. I, it says that it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh, and if mm-hmm. you're interested in, in more information on this, obviously you can uh, email Christina uh, and she can point you in some directions or you can have a, an offline chat that way. But uh, there's also, I found this emdr.com that uh, gives uh, some uh, insight into it. And it, it says it was uh, begun in the 90s, in the, uh, the 1990s. So relatively new form of, of therapy. And... Um, Absolutely. Quite fascinating to me. Uh, really is uh, really is interesting, and and especially the way you you described that with um, with that incident with your mother. That um, that's quite remarkable. Absolutely, and that was flash therapy. So that's a little different than EMDR. Um, and I don't know much about that flash therapy. I haven't gone in and researched it yet. But I know for trauma, if anyone is interested in learning more about trauma itself, there's a wonderful book. I don't know who the author is, but the name of it is The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a fantastic book that talks all about what your body goes through uh, when it encounters trauma. I'm looking online here, and it says here, The Body Keeps the Score... A uh, book by Bessel van der Kolk, V-A-N-D-E-R-C-O-L-K, uh, B-E-S-S-E-L, Bessel van, Bessel, Bessel van der Kolk. So, uh, and I know it's a longer title than that, right? Uh, body it. Keeps the Score, uh, colon, Brain, Mind, and the Body in the Healing of Trauma. So available on Amazon for ten eighty eight. That's right. Yeah. So anyhow, Stop. excellent. Well, um, thank you so much for being willing to just open up to us uh, in this and share some really uh, intimate uh, processes in your life and uh, and being willing to be vulnerable. We really appreciate that um, that willingness on your part. It was uh, certainly uh, meaningful uh, to me, and I've known you for years, and uh, I feel just a little bit more knowledgeable of you at this point. Uh, So I appreciate that a lot. Uh, If you need more information or want more information, please contact Christina. Uh, (laughs) We have got to do a video (laughs) podcast. (laughs) She's trying to get my attention. She's wagging a finger and then all of a sudden she realized, no, Paul's going to keep on talking. So she just started playing with her face. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretending to pick my nose. Um, I wasn't going to tell him that part. that's okay. I have no, I have, I'm hiding nothing. I was just going to say, um, 
so this past week, um, which it'll be a week from, I have therapy on Tuesdays. Let's just throw it out there. The day that the podcast airs, I have therapy. So when this airs, it'll be the second week that I'm processing out my sexual abuse um, from my cousin. And so when this one's finished, I would like to share the process of what happened with this memory because it's by far been the hardest experience on day one. So I will be interested in sharing the whole story about it um, when it ends. Yeah. Take that message so into that a message. Show. It'll be coming. Yeah. That's right. Outstanding. Well, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, there's the emails, uh, bowtie guy at mess it up podcast.com. And uh, info at MessItUpPodcast.com. She didn't see when I was pointing to her. So now it's your turn. Biker chick at MessItUpPodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, so uh, email us there. Listen to the show. Right uh, rate the show. Give us um, reviews. And please share. Uh, let people know. Because, uh, I mean, if this show impacted you, don't keep it to yourself. Uh, let let Christina know how much you uh, you appreciated her, uh, her sharing. Uh, send an email, but talk to us on Facebook and share it with other people who could use it because we don't want to be the only people who know this wonderful, wonderful joy of, of Christ and of healing. We want to be able to share that with everybody. So please share that. Uh, we, uh, we gratefully thank you for considering uh, sponsoring us through Patreon, and we will see you next time we mess it up. Peace out. See ya. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.